back by gold cords as thick as a man's wrist. Recessed rows of bookshelves reached almost to the ceiling. Books crammed each level, their spines forming palisades of delicate arum embellishment on blue vellum. One of these tomes lay open on the lectern. Seated on the X-frame chair, the chamber's occupant now ceased to study the pages. A pair of eyes lifted, and met Taquil's. The intruder advanced three paces into the room, stretched her arms forward in sad entreaty, and dropped to her trembling knees upon the tiles. "'Katrie,' she said, still reaching out. "'Are ye mortal and loyal to the Empire?' querulously inquired the seated girl, clutching the stiff folds of her pearl-encrusted kirtle in a white-knuckled fist. "'That I am.' And you? Yes. Katri sprang from her chair. Kneeling beside Taquil, she cradled her in her arms, murmuring reassurances over and over in soft tones. My lady, my lady Rohane, the girl said at last in a voice charged with emotion. I can scarcely credit it that I should find you again. What joy, what joy to behold you, what pain that it should be in this place. Hurriedly wiping away tears with the back of her hand, she led Taquil to the chair, and bade her be seated while she poured wine from a crystal decanter into a chalice oppressed by sapphires. The wine was as black as liquefied night. Silver flecks floated in it, like drowned stars. "'You have the feather cloak. Was it you?' said Katri. "'The bird knocking at the window, the wild swan. I should have let you in, but I was afraid.' Oh, you are ill. Do, do they know you're here? I shall hide you, take care of you until you become hale, and then you shall fly away. Spluttering on the wine, Taquil shook her head. No, no, hush, they'll hear you. In this place, there is listening done by things which you would not have believed could possess ears. Oh, hush, you must rest. The starry wine, no doubt, was not unaffected by the forces redolent in the air, thrilling forces being flung from the lamps, emanating from the walls, imbuing the furnishings of Anath Gathalamor down to the very tassels of the gold-silk cords and the bullion fringes on the footstools. The potency of the draft diverged through Taquil's veins to the very roots of her hair, to the tips of her toes as refreshing as a fluid draught of sky. Clear-headed and fortified, she laid aside the chalice and spoke. Where is Viviana? Oh, she lies below. Is she hale? No. Yes, that is to say she lives and all, and eldritch longings have left her. But she sleeps in kind of a trance from which I cannot waken her. Oh, thanks be to mercy that I should find you both unharmed. Are we safe here? May we whisper undetected? Well, let us withdraw to the curtained alcove of the books, lest something should look in on us. When they were concealed behind velvet draperies, questions began to tumble from Taquil's lips. By degrees, Catry's story unfolded. When the hunt took us, I believed we should be slain. Oh, but the creatures are terrible things. They brought us here, and we were taken before him. 
Before whom? Well, none other than Moragan, crown prince of the fair realm. The raven prince. He of whom you spoke after we came near Huntington Towers, and your memory returned. A millstone thumped against the back of Taquil's chest. And how did he deal with you? Well, we were questioned, not by the prince, but in his presence. I, I think he did not speak to us directly, but I, I for one, I could scarcely bear to look in his direction, or to look away neither, so I know not where my eyes rested or what I was saying. Never in my life have I felt thus. I was drawn by him, and yet terrified all the while, for, for there is that about him which is truly perilous. But you were not harmed. Oh, no. In fact, Viviana was in such a state, mulin and fretting as one of the attendant fair and lords described.